This is an Appalachian Vibes mini-episode from WNCW. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. Appalachian Vibes is a show dedicated to challenging the expectations and celebrating the diversity of music created in and around the Appalachian region. This week, my guest is Robin Landsong, a medicine singer with the harrowing story of how she came to embody this gift. In 1977, Robin was eight years old when she was abducted walking home from school in a Virginia suburb. She was quickly trafficked to Africa during the height of the Rhodesian War, where she experienced brutality and violence, resulting in two near-death experiences. As she was called back to life by the medicine song of a rural Zimbabwean woman, it opened her own medicine songs. And as an adult, she has given singing medicine to over 14,000 people. My story begins in 1977, um, when I was eight years old, post-Vietnam War. And what happened is I was actually exposed to a lot of unsafe adults. And one of those adults chose to abduct me. And I was a kid who walked home from school by myself. So it was that time period where kids weren't watched as much in 1977. And so he came and got me after school. And it was the end of the school year, and he drugged me and took me to the Philadelphia International Airport and actually took me out of the country. Um, so when I became conscious again, the drugs had worn off, I was in a military base, and it took me some time to figure that out. And so I was with this man who was um, incredibly confused, incredibly violent, incredibly aggressive. And so as a kid, I had to learn how to survive that moment, his particular mental health um, state. And it sounds like a strange thing to say, but it's kind of fortunate that I was already had survived abuse, so I knew how to be silent, I knew how to cope, I knew how to strategize. And I also had a really highly developed intuition to try and read adults and figure out my best strategy. So my life was in danger uh, with him at all times, and the way that we ended up initially getting separated was he assaulted me. People came and um, took him away from me and put me in a hospital. And he had um, broken my ribs. Um, so what happened next is that he actually came and got me from the hospital and nobody stopped him. And he took me with him that we were in Africa. And I now understand it was Rhodesia, which is now Zimbabwe. The best I can put together, he was going to be a mercenary and fight for the white government. He needed to get rid of me because he was going into the field. And so he gave me to another man. That man kind of took me in on a bus. He was a black African man. And we got on one of the rural buses, which ended up breaking down. The bus couldn't be fixed. We all had to get off. Um, what happened is I couldn't keep up. You know, I was defeated. I was hungry. I was, my painkillers were wearing off. I had just gotten out of the hospital and I wasn't actually ready to be out of it. And so the man left me behind, and and maybe that's what his job was, was just to lose me somewhere. 1977, it was the height of the Rhodesian War, and my chances of surviving out there by myself without a shelter, without supervision, was really, really low. And so what happened was a truck full of soldiers came along, and I thought, okay, this is going to be the end to my eight miserable years, and it's going to be quick and it's going to be over, and I'm going to get to go home to my source. And they picked me up. To my surprise, they picked me up and put me on the truck. 
And I thought, well, this is, they're going to just take me somewhere else, and that's going to be the end of my life. We went back to an area, and they unloaded me. And the, one of the other soldiers who was still there um, was looking at me like he wanted to end my life. He wanted just to shoot me. He was incredible amount of hatred. And so one of the men who had helped me get off the truck, they argued over me. And so the man who wanted to save my life, he won. And so I lived. And he took me out of there. He took me to where, where I think he thought would be sympathetic to a white child. And uh, what's called a homestead, we would call a village. And I spent the night in a tree by myself because I was too afraid to go in into the village at night. And in the morning, I heard singing. And so it was this singing that drew me in. And I got, I crept closer and closer. And I saw these women. And they were grinding corn. And they were singing like there was joy in their work. Like there was community in terms of even just how they were doing this basic daily act of grinding the corn. And I had never seen people sing while they worked. I had never seen people so alive in what they were doing. And I, and I almost forgot my hiding and I kind of crept out from behind a tree. And when they saw me, they were so surprised. Keep in mind, this is 1977. There really aren't other white people around, so to see a, see a white child, they were very startled. I crept out and my mouth was totally dry, I was hungry, and they went and they got some food and some water and they set it out for me. And at first I ran away and I came back and I drank up the food and I ate up the <clears throat> boiled cornmeal, which is called mealy meal. And, and I stayed watching them and they just let me be near them and again, just this singing, this rhythmic aliveness. And, and I kind of would creep closer, but then they would move and I would run back farther away. And so two other people came over, an older man, and he was trying to check me out. And so I stayed my distance. What they did at night was they set out someplace for me to sleep. They had invited me in, but I was too scared to go into a hut with them. And so they laid out a, a goat skin, and I slept on the goat skin. And in the morning, it was the children who gathered around me and they were touching my white skin and touching my hair that was more blonde then. And they were the ones that really welcomed me in and that I didn't feel threatened by, so I let them gather around me. And they took me over to one of the fire circles. And it was one of the girls who really told a story to welcome me in. And I couldn't understand it was in Venda, but I could understand the sentiment and the gestures. And I could tell she was saying something like, and she came from far to join us here. And she was storying me in. And I had never had a story told about me. I had never been welcomed in in this way, and I'd never had a sense of I was important to them and to the belonging that was there. So they started covering me with ash. She put ash from the fire on my skin, and the other children joined in, and they're putting ash in my hair and ash on my clothes, and they were making me look more like them. And again, it was the first sense of belonging I'd ever had in my eight years. Learn more about Robin Lansong at robinlansong.com. 
Tune in this Saturday at 6 a.m. to hear how Robin's journey unfolds on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW.